Welcome to First Things First, the weekly podcast where we talk about God, faith, and life in Shallow Water, Texas. Our podcast is a production of First Shallow Water, and you can find more information about our church by clicking on the link in the description of this episode. Thanks for joining us. Here's our pastor, Brad Miles. Well, welcome everyone to the First Things First podcast. Uh, So excited to have you join us today. We're going to be doing a little something different. Today, uh, as you may or may not know, if you go to our church, you know that for the past two weeks, we've been in a series called You Asked For It, where we're just answering some questions that people from our church have been asking and uh, just doing our best to, uh, to kind of wade through those questions together. And uh, But we got way more questions than we have time to answer on a Sunday morning, okay? Way more. So what we decided to do is that we would take some of these questions and we would spend a little bit of time... Um, talking about them on the podcast. And so uh, this week, possibly next week, we'll be doing that. Um, and uh, so just kind of want to make you aware of that. I think there's some interesting things that we're going to be talking about today and next week. So you'll want to tune in for that. Um, but uh, but a little bit of different format than what we would normally do. And this actually may be something that we just kind of stop and do on a regular basis. We'll just have a, a you ask for it you know, every now and then. So, uh, so please uh, make sure if you if, if we didn't get to your questions, uh, please make sure you still send them in. We'll still try to answer them. So, okay. I have asked two friends to join me today in this discussion because, uh, you know, uh, you, this may come as a shock to those of you who are listening on the podcast. Uh, I am not smart. Okay, uh, I have a, a very limited intellectual capacity. I understand this about myself. So I've asked two highly intelligent people and godly people to join me on the podcast. Uh, one of them is uh, the the really famous and uh, and really famous infamous is the word we use yes. for really famous, right? That is Michael uh, Corallo, our youth minister. He is here. So Michael, say hi to everybody. Hello. Hello. Hello, Michael. <laughs> Michael is going to be helping answer these questions. The other person that I've asked to join the podcast today is Anna Jackson, the equally infamous Anna Jackson <laughs> for different reasons. So uh, she is here on the podcast as well. Say hello to everybody, Anna. Hello. I was looking around to see where the two really smart people were. I agree. <laughs> I feel I like thinking, I need to give up my seat. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, so, okay. So I think that's fair for us to just go ahead and say right off the top that the three of us sitting in this room uh, are all keenly aware of our limitations. Very much okay? so. That's fair. So so when we're answering these questions, and please know as you're listening that we're not answering them as you know super experts in any of these areas, okay? Uh, the other thing that we need to say, okay, this is very important, um, and some of you listening to the podcast have maybe heard me talk about this before, but but I want you to imagine, in fact, right now, close your eyes. Unless you're driving, don't close your eyes if you're driving. <laughs> close your eyes, and I want you to imagine a bullseye, like a target, okay? In the center of that target, in the bullseye, I want you to imagine that those are the beliefs that we as Christians die for. Like these, those beliefs that are in that center, they make, they make up the core of what it means to be a Christian. Salvation uh, by faith through grace, right? Jesus' life, death, uh, uh, resurrection, uh, you know, all, all of the core things 
of the Christian faith, all the core things about what it means to be a Christian, that's in the die for circle. The next circle out from that is a circle we call the debate circle, okay? These are things that we believe passionately in and we will and we will defend those things right uh, we believe passionately as we go to scripture that this is what we're supposed to do or this is what the bible says but we know that there are other godly people um, smart people who disagree with us about them and so while we passionately believe them we uh we understand that there are other christians good christians who don't agree with us and we're okay with that like we can work with them we're not going to agree with them but we can work with them we can cooperate with them they're still christians right we can still do things together right yep the last circle is the disgust circle these are things that man when you read scripture it feels like there is uh, there's a lot there that maybe even you might even make a case that there are like differing viewpoints on this same issue in scripture. Mm-hmm. And we don't, we, we think we know the answer, but we don't really, or we're not really sure about that. And we wouldn't be surprised if we got to heaven one day and the Lord was like, boy, you really missed it on that one, Brad. <laughs> right. So, uh, that's in the discuss circle. Okay. Does that make sense? Got it. All right. And all, and so some of these things that we're going to be discussing, I, I don't know that any of these things that we're discussing, let me look through, I don't think any of the things we're discussing today are things that would be in the die for circle. Uh, there may be one of them where there are aspects of it that you might put there, but, but, but all these things are going to be debate, discuss type questions. All right. So... I say all that to say that as we're talking about this, we may say something that you disagree with. And if we do, that's totally okay, mm-hmm. right? Uh, in fact, uh, we, we may, we may uh, one or more of us might mention a viewpoint on here that there are a lot of people in our church that have differing viewpoints on. That's okay. Uh, we may not agree with each other, the three of us, and that's okay too, right? Because we love Jesus and because we, uh, we know that each other uh, are serious about their faith. And so, uh, and so one of the things we've got to learn to do is talk with people that we don't agree with in a way that's respectful and honoring anyway. So we're going to try to model that for you today, okay? All right, anything you guys want to add to any that I just said? You can't see this. Michael is shaking his head. Okay. Uh, All right. So that means no. All right. So I'm going to get to the first question. Uh, How do we know which parts of the Bible? I think this is a really good question. How do we know which parts of the Bible to interpret literally and which to interpret as metaphor? And so the first thing I think is important here is to acknowledge that that there's different types of literature in the Bible, okay? Uh, and so you don't read it all the same, just like you don't read your science textbook, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird and uh, T.S. Eliot in the same way, right? You read right. those peop- those things and those uh, and those people differently. So, uh, Michael, why don't we start with you? <laughs> He's giving <laughs> oh, me a Michael. dirty look. <laughs> so, okay, but, but uh, you know that students ask this question yeah, sometimes. They do. Right? So like, talk a little bit about how you respond and what are some guidelines you give, you know, students when they're talking about Scripture, how to interpret it, sure. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, a lot of what you have to make the point of is understanding to who it was written. Yes. I mean, if if you start with how do I apply this to myself and how do I uh, how does this apply to me in shallow water Texas, I think you're almost making a misstep from the get-go. Right. Because it's saying something. Mm-hmm. And it, it wasn't written specifically to you right now, right here. Right. Now, it may have some great implications that uh, are are absolutely true for you right here, right now in your situation. But you've got to ask the question of 
when was this written? Who was it written to? What is going on? Because all of those things matter. Yes. Uh, so uh, I, I think that's kind of the starting point. Would y'all agree? Oh, oh yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And I don't think that you saying that... Um, limits in any way the power of the Holy Spirit right. to use Scripture to speak to us. So so I want we, I want to make sure that I say that too, yes, but, yes. but I do think that there's a depth and a level of understanding the truths of Scripture that happen when we understand Scripture within its, you know, historical, context. cultural context. Yeah. So who who wrote it? Who were they writing mm-hmm. to, right? right. Uh, that's a, that's a, those are really important those are really important questions for us to consider. And then uh, what things was the author trying to communicate? Yeah. Like what was the situation that the author was dealing with when he was writing this to, you know, and and even when you're talking about the Gospels, it's that way. Because uh, each of the three synoptic Gospels um, written by three different people, Mm -hmm. and those three, it's, you know, in the ancient world, they didn't they didn't do history the same way we do now. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, it, uh, those three gospels are really kind of sermons, you know, where they're relaying the story of Jesus, but there, there are some specific intentional things that they're wanting to communicate to their audience. Understanding that really helps us mm-hmm. under, interpret the, the, the passage of, of scripture. So I think that's, I think that's really good. I think that's, that's uh, very important. And so, uh, th- yeah, you don't have to be an, uh, sem- have a seminary degree. No, not at all. And you don't have to have 20 commentaries every time you sit down with the Bible either, okay, for the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Exactly. But boy, when you do that work, mm-hmm. right? When you do some of that extra work and you start to look at some commentaries and you start to look at what does this say in the original language, mm-hmm. right? It will really help your understanding of Scripture. Right. Well, a- and, yeah. and I would also say... The Bible has a dual authorship. Yes. God is the author. He right. is writing it, and he is using people, right? Yes, yeah. Uh, and just thinking of, of some scripture, like when David says, blot out my enemies from the book of life, I don't think right. that's a prayer that we should be praying, <laughs> right? I, I don't think we should take that literally uh, yes. or else, yeah, we goodness. Could, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> We're going to have some issues here, uh-huh. right? So it's important to ask ask the questions and and uh, and not just dive in willy nilly all the time, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, like you said, the Holy Spirit can and does speak through Scripture all the time. He is our our interpreter, the number one interpreter, yeah, uh, in us through us. But I I, I always caution people uh, to to be careful to make quick application. Um, and almost, you know, we've probably all done this. I know I've done it where you're like, God, I need you to speak to me. And you start flipping and you, you point to a scripture <laughs> and you're like, this is a scripture for my life. And it's something from Jeremiah. And you're like, oh, this is terrible. You know, like, yeah. I, I don't want that scripture. Take it back. You know, so I, I think one of the, the key things I tell people is read the Bible all the way through. Yes. At least one time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it all fits together. Jesus is the hero. Right. There's a thread all throughout Scripture that, that you're going to find that Jesus is the, 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 main, uh, the main one of the Bible. He, he is what the Bible is communicating. Right. And so um, anytime that, that, that someone back at, 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 at a church I served at, we had a lot of people that would say, well, I'm I'm now a Calvinist. I, I had some students come up right. and, and they they were super excited about Calvinism, yes. and and I I wasn't trying to discourage them. I, sure, I just said 
and how many times have you read the Bible? And they were like, oh. Yeah. Uh, I haven't read it all the way through. I was like, okay. <laughs> Let's do fir- that first. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, and and I know I'm going off on a rabbit trail. Right. Let's hear from Anna. Yeah, no, that's, no, <laughs> that's really good instruction, though, Michael. Uh, uh, all that stuff you said. Okay, Anna, what are your thoughts? So, it'd be so nice if the Bible, you know how we have the red letter to tell us when Jesus is talking? Mm-hmm. You know, what if we had purple letter to tell us when it was literal versus, yeah. you know, figurative? That would be really nice. Um, and it, But it's not. And mm-hmm. so, I think going back to some of the things we've already referred to, you know, the Holy Spirit is there to help us interpret Scripture. One of the big changes that I've made in the way I'm trying to read Scripture these days that's been pretty pivotal, and it's something so simple, is I think we have a tendency to approach reading Scripture to see what is God saying to me, Mm. about me Mm -hmm, in this. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I've really, for the last year, been making a conscious effort to not look for myself in mm-hmm. scripture and what he's saying to me, but to look for who is God in this? Yeah, what does he love? What does he hate? And that kind of removes those, this literal or figurative mm-hmm. from the equation because now it's not about having to understand that to understand who God is and yeah. what he wants me to know about him and his character. Um, because I think that that, that has um, that sometimes we get maybe lost in the scripture because we're seeking ourselves in it, yeah, exactly. instead of yeah. seeking God, exactly. Um, and yet, if I will set it aside and, and be looking for Him, then it really doesn't matter if it's literal or figurative. Um, it is still going to show me the character of God. He's yeah. going to sort it out, yeah, yeah. absolutely, yeah. and He's going to help you interpret it. No, yes. Mm-hmm. That's a good word. Uh, uh, that's a really good word. Th- and that honestly, that's what scripture is all about. That's it's about the revealing the character of God yeah. to us, you know. Um, and, and so I do think it's really important to kind of keep that in the forefront of our minds. It's very, really, really good, really good advice and good instruction. I, I, I had a couple of notes here about this too. I, I would say, look, uh, some words of advice. Okay. Make sure that you read a scripture passage within its context. Absolutely. That's that's kind of mm-hmm. what Michael was getting to when he was talking about read the whole Bible. So sometimes we'll go, we'll, someone will, like here's a, one of my favorite examples. Uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens yeah. me. Like everybody, read it again. <laughs> everybody wants to quote that verse, right? Yeah. And it is a beautiful verse. Mm-hmm. But when you do that, when you pull it out of its context, you th- then you forget, right, that right before that, Paul is talking about how he has been dirt poor, how he yeah. has been really rich, how he's yeah. been through all kinds of persecutions and trials for the sake of the gospel. I mean, even almost losing his life several right. times. And then he goes, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens mm-hmm. me. So it's not this passage about how I can accomplish any purpose I set my mind to. That's a great thought, but that's not what Paul's talking about. What Paul's talking about is I can endure any suffering. I can be content. That's right. In In any situation, no matter whether I'm suffering, no matter whether I'm in prison, Mm -hmm. no matter whether I'm, you know, I can't, I don't have any money to find food for my next meal, but I can be content in all those circumstances. So, um, and you so, really can't embrace part B and not be willing to embrace part A also. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So so make sure you read the passage within its context. And then uh, and then this also goes to what Michael said. Make sure you read within the context of all of Scripture because mm-hmm. all of Scripture is telling a story. And the last thing, make sure you read through the lens of the revelation of Jesus Christ. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Here's what we mean by that. So Jesus, Jesus is the complete and perfect embodiment of the character of God. He is. He is God, right? Uh, everything we need to know about God is in Christ Jesus. Right. Okay, so but you know we weren't around 
to know, meet Jesus or hang out with Jesus, right? The way that we get to know Jesus, one of the primary ways is through Scripture. So, mm-hmm. but but Jesus is the revelation of Scripture. All of Scripture points to Jesus. So, when I'm going through Scripture, I'm I've always have in the back of my mind, you know, the truth of Jesus. The the that uh, that Jesus is the ultimate, final, complete revelation mm-hmm. of God, mm. and uh, and that's important to kind of keep in our minds too. So uh, if we just kind of take the English words on the page, because the other thing that we <laughs> sometimes forget is that the English words that we're reading have been translated, you know, at least once, sometimes twice, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right, to get to the whatever the English version is that we're that we're reading. And so, uh, so that's really important. And if we just take the English words off the page without thinking about all these other things, sometimes we can arrive at some erroneous conclusions. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that kind of makes me think, you know, I was just even looking in my NIV yesterday. I don't know why I was looking at this, but the number of times that it has been updated, same version, but it's had multiple updates. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but when you're going back to answering that question of interpreting scripture, I think looking at multiple references, you know, we yeah. talked about using commentaries, but also looking at just multiple versions. So yeah. what does it say in the ESV versus the King James versus mm-hmm. the NIV um, sometimes just use it. And I mentioned, I think, um, in, when we were, um, doing one of the, you asked for it, the, um, compare feature yes. in the yeah, version app. app. Yes. So if you underline a scripture and hit compare, you can see that side by side. And sometimes you'll get a whole new understanding from looking at multiple versions. And then the other thing that I was thinking is, I think one thing I love most about the Bible and scripture is that it's alive. Yes. I could read a passage yesterday and mm-hmm. it speaks to my heart in one direction and read it the next day and see something totally brand mm-hmm. new. Yeah. So I think just being open to allow God to speak through his word to where you are and what he's needing to say to you today. Right. Yeah. Um, if, if I read, like I've read some books multiple times and mm-hmm. they're exactly the same every single time. Right. I read them. <laughs> But I love that scripture is alive and God mm-hmm. uses it to have a conversation with me. Sometimes we say, oh, I don't know if I'm hearing God's voice. Well, have you read the Bible lately? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. really dug into it because that's one of his primary ways of being able to communicate, at least in my life. And yeah. And you can't be a Christian either without being comfortable with some mystery. Yeah. There's just, mm-hmm. just going to be things, even as we go, even as we read scripture and even as we try to delve into it and use all kinds of tools to try to help us understand there are going to be things that we're going to be like, boy, I just don't get that. You know, there's this, there's this passage that keeps coming up, this little phrase that keeps coming up in all of the Leviticus, Deuteronomy, like all the law sections over and over again. Don't uh, boil a young goat in its mother's milk. I mean, it's this, it's a serious command that the Lord gives multiple times, yeah. you know, at least twice, maybe three times. I can't remember right now, but, um, but, but, and it's that one section, it seems to bookend this section. It's the first thing. And then there's a bunch of other stuff. And then another one, I have no idea what that's about. Okay. I mean, I get, I get some aspects of it, but clearly there's something major going on there that, mm-hmm. that me being separated, you know, from, from what was going on in that culture. Right. I just don't understand it completely, right? So there's going to be some things that are just, that's a really ludicrous and small example. Yeah, just but, to be safe, don't do it. But yeah, yeah. I, well, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> but I would say that, I would say that there's going to be things that are mysterious yeah. and, and you got to be com- comfortable a little bit with mystery. God's ways are higher than our ways. My favorite thing about the Bible is that, is that, is that we have to 
wrestled with it. Yeah. yeah. God didn't God didn't drop it down in you know, on golden tablets in one language for us all to read and understand. It's not the way it's not the way it happened. It 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 was formed over thousands of years. It was and and then compiled and then and and it just came to us in this in this awesome way and we have to wrestle with it, you know? Um the uh, the you know other faith stories, their their holy texts are different, you know. Um, uh, but Christian Christians, you have to wrestle with it. You know, it's yeah. been it's been translated, and it's been you know the words of Jesus. He spoke in Aramaic. Every one of the gospel writers wrote in Greek, so they were translating Jesus' words into Greek right mm-hmm. from the start. And uh, and so like so right from the beginning, the very first thing that was happening when people were recording the words of Jesus is they were taking his words and interpreting them mm-hmm. and putting them in a different cultural context. I love that about our scripture yeah, that too. that we really have to we really have to wrestle with it and and God loves for us to do that He loves for us to engage. So all right, good. All right, so here's another one. This is interesting. Uh, I've heard this a little bit, but hadn't thought about it a, a ton. Uh, Jesus, here's the question. Jesus specifically told his disciples to practice foot washing at the Last Supper. Why do we take communion, but not that? Okay, so this question comes from the book of John, uh, John chapter 13, and it's the Passover meal, right? They're mm-hmm. doing all of the things that the, the other gospels talk about, you know, what we base communion on, Okay. Uh, Jesus washes the feet of his disciples, and uh, and remember, Peter's like, "Don't wash my feet." He's like, "I'm washing your feet, Peter." And he's like, "Well, then wash all of me." And he's like, "No, I don't need to wash all of you. Sit down." You know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's not what he said, but it's kind of sort of what he said. But anyway, <laughs> uh, but then after he does that, he puts his clothes back on, and then John chapter thirteen verse twelve says, "After washing their feet, he put on his robe again. He sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right because that's what I am.'" And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I've given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. So, and there are some churches, let me just say this, like I talked about before, there are some churches who passionately believe that th- this is Jesus instituting an ordinance. He wants for them to literally wash each other's feet. You can go to churches now where foot washing is a part of their of their normal practice, their normal uh, service. And so I think this is a fair question that someone's asking, well, why do we don't do that? Because it feels a whole lot like Jesus just said, uh, wash each other's feet, right? Mm. Uh in fact, that's what the words actually say. Okay, <laughs> so given what we just talked about, uh, why don't we do that? What What are your What are are your? Th- well, let me say this first. Let me give some background. In the In the ancient world, people walked around either without shoes on, or with sandals on. Okay, uh, the roads were all dusty. There was dirt everywhere, right? And then, look, when you came into a person's house to share a meal, everyone reclined around the table. <laughs> So this yeah. is Michael's favorite part of the story. Yeah. What that yeah. meant is that as you were eating, right, your neighbor's feet were right next to your head mm-hmm. as you were eating, okay? So it was customary for people when you go to someone's house, it was customary for them to at least provide a basin for you to, of water for you to wash your hands, wash your feet, okay? Um, and in more well-to-do houses, there was actually a slave or a servant who was assigned to wash everybody's feet before when they entered the house. Okay, um, so what Jesus is doing here is 
is he is taking the role that a slave in that house would have taken on mm-hmm. by washing everybody's feet. So that's important to remember. But but you guys tell me what you think. As you hear those words and you hear Jesus saying, look, wash each other's feet, right? Why don't we wash each other's feet? Like, what do you think about that? So like, as you were, first of all, I love Michael's answer to this best because he said, because feet are gross. Yeah, and, yeah there's, there's definitely that. 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 that was the short. He, here's yeah. a simple answer. Uh, feet yeah. are gross. And, and I concur. I, I am fully um, on that team. <laughs> Um, but when I go back and I think, and, and I can be wrong, you know, so we'll sure, yeah, that right all of us there. could be, yeah. But, um, when he goes in and he's saying, okay, do you, did you guys get what I just did there? Do yes. you understand what right. it is? Um, I've washed your feet. I've set an example that you should do. But then the next part, he says, you know, that no servant is greater than his master. Mm-hmm. No messenger is greater than the one. So to me, he's really shifting into a description of what the washing of the feet was all about. You mm-hmm. know, that um, first shall be last, last shall be mm-hmm. first right. kind of mentality that we hear him say in other points too. And that goes back to the other question when we're interpreting scripture. Look and see what he says in multiple points. Right. You know, calibrate. Is everything pointing in the same direction? Yeah. And one thing I see is that over and over and over, Jesus talked about how we should be servants to those. We should go the extra mile with people. We should do more than what the world does. Uh, we should put others before mm-hmm. ourselves. Mm-hmm. That was his example of what we should do. Yeah, all the time. Washing feet was a visible way for him to model that. Mm-hmm. Um and so I feel like the washing of the feet was to demonstrate an attitude of servanthood towards others yes, and putting others uh, first. And then he goes on to say, now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. And so I don't think that in, in most of what I read about Jesus, he would get down to legalism mm-hmm. about you're going to have to literally wash the feet in order to be blessed. I think that, more what I see in his character is that he it's about our attitude. It's about our heart. Mm-hmm. It's about our willingness to put other people first, to serve other people in love. Um, if it required getting down and dirty and touching their feet, mm-hmm. get down and dirty right. and touch their feet. Yeah. If it was sitting with them at tables um, when other people would normally hang out with them, mm-hmm. that, that's what I want you to do. I want you to be a servant to others. I want you to love others. Um, and so I think that in what I hear that guidance being for me is every single day I'm supposed to have that attitude in all I'm doing. Right. It shouldn't be something that I just do quarterly mm-hmm. to wash people's feet. If, if, if I'm only, if that's what I'm doing, then it's become a legalistic action versus an attitude of my heart and spirit yeah. that I'm supposed to have all day, every day. Yeah, I think that's right. And, you know, he even says, you know, he, Jesus says, did you understand what I just did? So clearly yeah. he's saying the action is pointing to this greater pointing, truth. Yes. You know, there's this greater truth that's happening out there. And and I think the difference between between this and between like him breaking the bread, this is my body, right? You know, and, and pouring the cup, this is, you know, because that was an action that was pointing to a greater truth as yeah, well. Sure. But what he tells him to do, he says, I want you to do this, but I want you to do it in remembrance of me. I want you mm-hmm. to, I want you to, take this at this specific action 
so that so that you can remember that my body was broken and that my blood was spilled. Uh, this is more of a, here's how I want you to act. Right. Like this is the posture I want you to take with one another. And that is of a servant. Now, and if, look, washing, if, if the act of washing each other's feet helps you to do that, mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. But what I want you to do is have this attitude of servanthood among, among yourselves. So, you know, we don't walk around on dusty roads like they did then. And, mm-hmm. and things are a little different maybe for, for us. But, but, but maybe the question that we really ought to be asking ourselves is, you know, uh, what menial tasks do people around me need to have performed on their behalf, right? How can I, how can I show honor to other brothers and sisters in Christ by, by, by placing myself under them and, 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 and by serving them, you know, there's got to be some kind of thing that somebody needs done that nobody wants to do, you know, uh, and you do that, you know, you do that to honor them and, uh, and also for us to put ourselves in position of servant. Michael, what are your thoughts? I, I just think how countercultural it was because mm-hmm. all their lives, the disciples had the example of the religious leaders right. who would have never done this, right. who yeah. would have never had anything yeah. to do with uh, them or serve them. It was always in service to. Mm-hmm. And, and Jesus comes along and to to not be unkind to the disciples, but they were they were hard headed, mm-hmm. and this is an example that he had to show multiple times because you think about it, the Mount of Transfiguration. Let's make a tent, yeah, and, and, and we'll sit on the right and the left, and, yeah. and we'll be here, yeah. Um, and then the question of who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom, like yeah. this yeah. was their attitude, Ongoing. this was their mindset, and Jesus, I'm sure, was thinking, uh, I'm about to leave. Uh, and you're going to have me no more. You will have the Holy Spirit, but I, I, I want you to pay attention to, to my life. I want mm. you to know what I was all about because I did not consider equality with God something mm-hmm. to be grasped, but mm-hmm. I humbled myself. I became mm-hmm. a servant. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that, that was his life. That's what he modeled for 33 years. Yep. Uh, that's who God is, the God who, who stoops down, who comes to the world uh, that would reject him uh, in order to save it. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, in a way, I, I, I think it's a call to be countercultural, to go against the norm and to say, you know what, I'm not going to serve myself. I'm not going to be about myself. I'm going to be about the things mm-hmm. of God. And I'm going to show, as James would say, don't, don't tell me how much you love God or have faith in God. Show yeah, me. Show me. Like, where are your actions? Well, here's a very practical action yeah. that Jesus showed to say you are to serve all people. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter who they are, what they've done. Uh, it reminds me of the story of the, the woman who uh, wet Jesus' feet with her with tears, her tears. And, and wiped them off with mm-hmm. her hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said, this is a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just makes me think about how that that's to be our mindset, that, that we, are, we are really nobody, but we're telling everybody about him right because he is he's the somebody he's mm-hmm. what matters uh, we just need to get out of the way and what yeah. you said about it being counterculture is so important right because that was a culture that was super stratified i mean people had mm-hmm. their places within society mm-hmm. and and they they didn't step out of whatever those roles were and wherever you know whatever whatever their their sphere was within that and, and we don't really understand that like in contemporary America it's it's just not that way but if you still go to countries in the Near East you'll see this right that there are these really rigid you know lines in their culture and people stayed within their level 
you know? Well, I think it's even more in our culture than we sometimes acknowledge. Yeah, I think there are certainly people who would say, oh, I think it's still that way. You know, mm-hmm. I'm in this particular people group and I still feel like there's a great divide yeah, between yeah, yeah. me and others. So all of us getting outside our comfort zone to serve mm-hmm. others. Yeah. Um, last being first, first being last, mm-hmm. you know? And let me say this too, like one of the most, one of the most beautiful things that I've ever seen, I was at a wedding and as part of the wedding, you know, the groom washed the bride's feet mm. and prayed over her as he was doing it. You know, it was beautiful. Yeah. And I, I was part of a service on a mission trip one time where um, all the leaders washed the feet of all of the students that were on the trip. And as we were washing their feet, we we told them um, what we saw the Lord doing in them and how, you know. And it w- it wrecked those kids. Mm-hmm. It was powerful, powerful. So I don't want to I don't want to just move past how how beautiful of a symbol that sure. is, yeah. you know. And I and I, I wouldn't say ah uh, you know you don't have to ever do. It. I mean I think it's wonderful, beautiful to do it because it, it because Jesus did it, you yeah. know. Yeah. So uh, I, we don't view it in the same uh, uh, in the same way that we view the Lord's Supper, for example. Um, because of kind of what Jesus said about, about the reason for doing it, right. you know what I mean. But that doesn't mean that it's it's not a, an awesome thing to do. Sometimes to remind ourselves of it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime you can put yourself in a position of service to someone else, you're reminded of the character of Jesus right. in a profound and in a real way. Okay, folks, uh, we uh, we bit off way more than we could chew this week. This this podcast ended up being way too long, so we've decided to cut it in half, and we're gonna do uh, we're gonna finish it up next week. So make sure you join back next week on the podcast. We're gonna be uh, dealing with a question about the differences the difference between ordinances and sacraments, and we're also going to be dealing with a question about whether women can serve as pastors, elders, deacons. So anyway, we're going to dive into those two topics next week, and I hope that you will make plans to join us. Until then, we'll see you around town. Thanks for tuning in to First Things First. We want to invite you to join us for worship this Sunday at First Shallow Water. You can find us at 703 Avenue J in Shallow Water, Texas. Our Sunday morning service starts at 1030 a.m. Click on the link in the description of this episode for more information about our church or if you'd just like to reach out to us. Check out the previous episodes of this podcast. Make sure you do that. We really have had the privilege of hearing some amazing stories. And make sure you check back each week for a new episode. Until then, we'll see you around town.